<laughs> Not school friendly. <laughs> Casey was trying to scoot her armchair closer to the table, but it's like a full-size armchair, so she's just like holding on to the handles and like throwing herself around in the chair. Just shook myself going, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> this fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> God. There. And then right after this, you'll start the music. <laughs> good shit, good shit. Oh, God. Okay. So. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> it's Faith. And Casey. My name's Hilda now. No, it's not. Why? <laughs> Who else would be here, Faith? <laughs> I'm just. I'm Faith it's- and Paws, <laughs> and I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> Casey, it's for people who don't start listening on episode one. Uh, well, they really ought to. <laughs> okay, you well, really if oughta. you're not, <laughs> if you're new At and you have least episode two. You, uh, you know what? I'd be like, I, I feel like I would prefer that people like joined us later in the party. I'm honestly when shocked that 83 together. people have played the first episode. I'm like, wow. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, there's a reason it's 83 and then the numbers steadily dwindle. <laughs> it's 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 literally like two hours long. Yeah. I feel like it was a good one, though. It was a pretty good one. Okay. So, as you may have noticed, episode 11 is late. <laughs> yeah. I should also probably be closer to the microphone. So, wait. I don't know which one we're releasing first. Are we releasing yours first? Yeah. Okay. So right now we are sitting in Faith's dining room. Uh-huh. And we have decided that this episode right here, which is going to be Faith's story, mm-hmm. and episode, which is going to be episode 12, okay. and episode 11 is my story that's going to release first. We tried to sit down and record both of our stories. We realized that was way too long and we had to stop the recording. Yeah, we were looking at like a two and a half hour episode. So this is going to be a complicated process where we're going to split our stories into two episodes. Yes. And we'll have to record an outro for our 11th episode as well. Yep. All right. Okay. Let the games begin. Ew. I didn't like that. Let me redo that. No, don't redo it. (laughs) Let the games begin. (laughs) (laughs) She like posed after she said that. (laughs) Okay. Well, since it's a new episode, how are you? Casey. Hey. hey. (laughs) I'm good. Um, I wanted to... uh, quickly talk about something that really pissed me off today (laughs) wait 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 before we do that so sorry oh go ahead can we do a shout out yeah to jordan (gasps) yeah our very first stripe supporter on anchor he's our stripe he's our favorite stripe (laughs) very first stripe supporter jordan we will be putting some stuff together i feel like he's our only supporter (laughs) well he is our only supporter but (laughs) Our only financial supporter, that is. He's our podcast cheerleader. He really is. Jordan has been so, like, motivating. And honestly, like, you can tell he really does, like, enjoy the content that we put out. And I'm so fucking grateful. But the memes have been fucking divine. Divine. <laughs> fucking choice. Slaps. Delicious memes. Hmm. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you. Honestly, like... We're going to, I, this is weird, but like I got the email this morning at like eight or something and I was like sitting down to take a pee <laughs> while I read the email. You went, wee! <laughs> and I was like, oh, fucking sweet. We have a supporter. It's Jordan. Yay. And I was like, oh, oh crap. We're going to have to like 
make patches and pins. We got to like do stuff now. It's going to be fun. We're excited. We have to do something. We got to do stuff. So we're going to be sending you. First and foremost, we need to start putting episodes out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, you know, (laughs) but we uh, we're going to be like putting shit together to send to you. So I'll hit you up. Slide into your DMs for your address. (laughs) Get ready. Your mailing address. Okay. So, okay, sissy, something that really pisses you off. Oh, yeah. Golly. And I don't even care if he hears it, but there's a a classmate of mine in training. Mm Mm-hmm. Coworker, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, Kadira, at one point, because all the tables in our in our training is like split up into different like groups. Okay. And she sat with uh huh. Previously, and she was like, "Man, he's weird. He eats paper." And I was like, "Oh, get out of town! Like, maybe he's just doing it for like the old razzle dazzle." Like, you look say, at me. Get out of town. <laughs> yeah. And did get you, out. Get out of town. Did you also say the old razzle dazzle? I did say that today. Okay, continue. But I said it in a context that you'll find out. Looking back on it, it makes me laugh. That's probably why he laughed at me. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I thought like they were totally joking, but, and today was Jacob's birthday. Happy birthday, Jacob. Happy birthday, Jacob. And I look over and (laughs) is eating a cupcake. And you know how the cupcakes have that little like wrapper, that paper? Yeah, the paper liner. Yeah. After he's done eating the cupcake, he looks down, he grabs it and he pops like the liner in his mouth and he just chews it up with the rest of the cupcake. And I looked at him with such disgust because apparently I gave him a look because he immediately like started giggling and laughing. I'm like, I don't find that funny at all. It actually really pissed me off. And I don't I know that you probably do it for the old razzle dazzle, but it's not funny to me. And he's like, it's not a joke. Then he was like, what? It's not that weird. I mean, I I eat the liners for muffins and cupcakes. And I'm just like, that's weird. Like that's not normal. Stop. (laughs) So yeah, because he like popped in his mouth, and I was like, I mean, of course, there's grosser things that he could do. I was gonna say, like, on the one hand, I want to be like Casey, just let the man live his life and and eat the liner. But on the other hand, I'm just like, it's like somebody that loads the dishwasher the wrong way. (laughs) I'm just like, let him live his truth, but also like. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Are Those you? are treated with like weird chemicals and shit. <laughs> well, and then I don't also, think I, meant I to don't be ingested. And I don't think that he's like that gross for doing it because also I then later like threatened to throw a booger at him. Because <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw a booger at you one of these days. And he was just like, uh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he found out that I really don't like loud chewing or drinking. So oh, I think he's no. taking full advantage of that, too. Oh, no. Because he'll, like, go gulp, gulp, and I'll, like, turn over, and I just give him a look, and he Holy just is like, shit. oh, whoops, sorry, Casey. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> there was eternal screams. So maybe this is a little, like, unclassy of me to mention, but I had to do victim's panel for a DUI. Oh. And, I mean, yeah, it's it's sad. But this guy behind me was eating hard candies with his mouth open. The like, fuck? straight up, just <coughs> not even, like, <coughs> yeah, no. And I could hear him, like, unwrapping them, and I looked behind me. They're literally those strawberry hard candies. Ew. And he had, like, a pocket full of them. And he would, like, unwrap them. First of all, the wrappers on those are crinkly as fuck. They're the loudest wrapper that you can get. It's literally, like, somehow amplified above, like, what a normal plastic candy wrapper should be. So, and then he's just popping them into his mouth. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, trying to be respectful during this fucking victim's panel to, like, take steps. He's just, like... Oh my god! I would have turned around and shoved my hand in his pocket, grabbed all the candy and thrown it at his face. I seriously, like, there were a couple of times. It wasn't, like, appropriate in that moment to, like, turn around and be like, hey, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, like, is there, was anybody else really pissed yeah, off about of it? Everybody around him for, like, a 10-foot radius, everybody was pissed. I was, like, shaking with rage at one point, And I, like, just, like, looked for other places I could go and sit. Just got up and went down, like, four rows and, like, sat somewhere You're else. You're like, bye. <laughs> I was, it was, like, halfway through the thing. And I was just like, 
It's just like, I'm going to jail today if I sit here any longer. Yeah, I was like, wow, let's just add assault to my DUI charge and everything will be great. So anyway, if I hadn't moved down four rows, I wouldn't be here today. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just, I don't know if he was stupid or if he wanted to make it worse for everyone or like, what the fuck? But maybe he was trying to get excused. Jesus Christ. Maybe the like the judge would have overheard him go, you know what? Can you... Can, can you, you just, just leave? fucking leave? Let's <laughs> go. I'm about to clock you with my maximum bob javels. <laughs> fucking. <it's- laughs> oh my god! I wish maximum bob was there. Golly, <sighs> he'd be like, "You are guilty of being an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> being a fucking idiot. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, my day was all right. I did uh, something called zone captain training because I'm a zone <laughs> captain. I don't, I don't know why that makes me laugh. I picture you in like a silver bodysuit and like, like a silver onesie with a cape and like gauntlets. <laughs> I'm zone captain. I'm zone captain. Yeah. And then also the song like ride captain ride except which is funny because that's exactly how it all goes down. (laughs) It was replaced with zone captain zone upon your mystery ship. Yeah, I that's actually exactly how it goes. I keep my uniform in my locker at work, and um, and you become enter the diner captain. (laughs) So I'm glad. So yeah, we. I don't know what that means, but I'm glad. It's just like. Basically, like, lead server, lead on the front of house team, but not a manager. David just sent I me a... <laughs> David just sent me a message. And it says, Anne's Food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anne's Food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. Anne's Food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. <laughs> Is that his question of, like, do you need anything from the Food Mart? Down the street from us, I don't know if you, you probably don't leave this way, but like down the street yeah, from I us, probably the, don't. the VN market is, um, there's a sign and it says in big blue letters, it says food mart, block letters, but and between then, food mart, it says in small red letters, it says food mart. <laughs> and then down in the corner of the sign in smaller red letters, it says food mart. <laughs> and so like, if you read the sign in the way that the letters are positioned, it's Anne's Food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. <laughs> food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. It says like Food Mart on the fucking sign 18 times. <laughs> and so <laughs> I wonder what that store is. <laughs> and that's what David. Do you think like, everyone sells shoes there? He'd be like, well, that's not something you can get at Anne's Food Food Mart Mart Food Mart. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> every time he says it it just tickles me and he just <laughs> he texted it to me today just now <laughs> good okay so let us begin oh wait do we need to do a nonsense since it's a new episode <gasps> gasp gasp i mean i suppose so. pass me a nonsense you wrote this but you wrote it in a weird way well, says, what is something everyone loves stupid doing? Looks. Man, your handwriting is fucking weird. Uh, looks stupid doing? Oh, I got one right away. Okay. <laughs> you know when you're just like staring off into space or you're just like walking down the street and then like you feel something in your mouth and like your tongue is trying to get out in, in your teeth? <laughs> and you just go for it with your tongue, but like the whole time... <laughs> Your face is just like. <laughs> yeah, everybody looks fucking stupid doing that. And then you it looks then... like there's a fucking bee inside of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then you walk by somebody out. and like <laughs> they're just looking at you weird. And, and then like, like your double wow. chin toads out. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that person's a bitch. They just gave me a weird look. And I'm just like <laughs> continuing whole... to try to get this and piece your lips of. lips are all like turned inside out. <laughs> Um, then I'm continuing to try to get this piece of like beef jerky out of my back tooth. Oh my god. Mm. Everybody does look stupid doing that. Oh, also, whenever you get like a piece of skin on your lip that you just want off and you're trying to like bite it off <laughs> and people don't realize that they're doing it, but they're sitting there going <laughs> 
sitting there just like fucking gnawing away like a fucking cow. Just like. Chewing on your upper lip. <laughs> the upper lip is the worst. I try to like, sometimes I'll try to like itch my upper lip with my bottom jaw. <laughs> and I just like, I can tell I look like a fucking idiot. Uh, wait, itch your upper lip with your bottom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like when you take like your bottom oh teeth God. and like try to like, you get an itch on your upper lip. So you just like jut out your bottom jaw and like try to itch your upper lip. <laughs> I've never. I've never done that. Oh, but well, now I know exactly what you were doing when you were doing that. Because I'm just like, the fuck is she Yeah, you're doing? like, wow, she looks stupid. <laughs> just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something else that people look stupid doing. Everybody looks stupid crouching. If you crouching? gotta crouch down to do anything, you look like a dumbass. Well, I don't know. Not like squatting, but like crouching. Where you're like not all the way in a squat, but you're just like sort of like bowed over and like. I don't know. One time I did it naked in front of David and he said he was never going to love me again. Oh my God. That's terrible. Well, nobody should, nobody should crouch naked. This is true. It was my bad. I didn't think he was looking. I went to go pick something up off the floor and it kept eluding me. <laughs> oh, whoops. Whoops. And then you're exactly. just like, so I was just like, oh, fucking whoops. like, whoops. <laughs> crab hobbling around <laughs> naked. And he was just like, oh, no. He was just scared oh. and confused. What's happening? <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> you look like, I looked like a confused old woman. <laughs> you look like a limping bulldog. <laughs> He was like, whoops, oh, 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 no, no, there it is. Oh, oh, oh. oh dear Lord. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, in this episode, we are just going to be doing a continuation of my story. True. Yep. So, prepare yourselves. Here it comes. Here, gird your loins. Right now. Russell proof your jimmies. Right now. And then you put in some sort of music and then we head yep. into the episode. Yep. All right. I mean, if you say so. Okay. And then we stop this recording and then continue with the story. Okay. Stopping. Stop. Wait, stop. Oh, stop. fuck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, stop. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> story i mean it's kind of revenge but it's kind of not so today is the day where we're like oh, our stories loosely fit what our podcast is about uh we are going to talk about joey butterfuco mm. and mary joe butterfuco again shout out to kadira <laughs> and amy fisher kadira needs to step up <laughs> off my podcast <laughs> sorry she was the one that gave me the idea to tell you about joey butterfuco all right well thank you kadira for did the Joey Butterfuco. She's not she's like not gonna listen to this episode now. She's gonna be like, well fuck you. <laughs> no, she's gonna listen to it be like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so man, there is so much going on. Butterfuco. Alright, let's start at the beginning. One day in uh late May, I'm gonna say nineteen ninety one. Uh no, nineteen ninety? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's just a year difference. Okay, well, 19, let's just say 1991. So, 1991, Amy Fisher is, uh, her father, for her 16th birthday, gave her a 1989 Dodge Daytona, which actually, like, I had looked it up, and it's kind of a fucking fly-ass car. Hell yeah. So, Amy accidentally, as she's getting it out of the garage, steers too close to the garage wall and knocks off her side view mirror. Oh, uh, she was terrified of her father. They had a really terrible relationship. He would demean her in public. Just a really bad guy. And so immediately she takes the car to the complete Auto Body and Fender Incorporated auto shop in the town of Baldwin. Uh, she finds out basically the repairs are going to be a lot more than she can afford. Oh my. And 
explained her predicament to is the owner any, of the any, shop. Is there any way, any other way I can repay you? No, no, no. It doesn't go there Mr. yet. Mr. Butterfuco. <laughs> You're okay. going to have to get over that. <laughs> So it costs more than she can afford in that moment, and she explains it to the owner, Joey Botafuco. Joey said, instead of telling your father what happened, tell him that somebody else sideswiped your car and took your mirror off. So that was kind of like the start of it, where she's like, oh... You're smart. Thanks for looking out for me. So the next day, she and her father go back to the garage. Uh, Joey basically pretends that Amy had never been there before. He was very charming. He was like, yeah, we'll work it out. It's totally fine. We'll get the price right. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Over the next couple of months, Amy basically like went back to the body shop for anything. She was like, oh, my mirror came off again. Oh, uh, you know, this is happening. Oh, my car's kind of wiggling. It's kind of weird. Can you check it out? And then eventually... She decides to have a stereo system installed in her car. While the work was being completed on the stereo system, Joey offered to drive her home in his car. It's the middle of the summer. It's July 2nd. It's the middle of the afternoon. Her parents are at work. Joey is... It's in the 90s. She's wearing a short skirt. It's the 90s. And she Her has... hair is gigantic. It's the early 90s. <laughs> and she has her... Her big t-shirt tied into a knot. Basically, yeah. So Joey says, I'll drive you home in my car. They get to the house. Amy invites him in for a drink. And in her words, basically, they had been having like conversation together. And it was like, in her words, one thing led to another. And basically, like she took him on like a tour of the house and they like ended up in her bedroom. Yeah. That is where he made, quote unquote, physical advances towards her, resulting in the two becoming lovers. She was like, oh, he was just saying all these really nice things to me. And then before I knew it, he threw me on the bed. But like, oh, gosh, I wonder how that And a lot of people are like, well, how could you let that happen? Like, weren't you fucking afraid that this, you know, at this time, Joey Botafuco was 37 years old. Yeah. She was 16. Yeah. And then so she's all of a sudden on the bed and, you know, they, they have sex, whatever. During the first couple weeks of their relationship, things were, they were seeing each other like a couple times a week, like four to five times a week they were having sex. Jesus. Yeah. Sometimes like more than once a day. And he, he was probably doing coke or something. How, what wasn't he doing? <laughs> so, I'm just like, that makes me tired and I'm 28. <laughs> I, I'm like, damn. Uh, I'm not even a guy. <laughs> so they're going to like local motels. They're doing it on his boat. They're doing it at her house while her parents aren't home. They're doing it at his house while Mary Jo's not home. So they're doing it a lot. They're just doing it a lot. <laughs> so Amy falls basically like deeply in love with him. Basically, like as their relationship went on, Joey basically was using her for sex, obviously, but like started to like bitch to her about like, you know, things that were happening in his life and how he's like so unhappy in his marriage. And uh, she had said, you know, something along the line of like, one day I'll get rid of her, or, you know, like Jesus. I think he means like he'll divorce her. Like, right. I don't think he was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking like have her off. Amy basically starts to feel like she can like she's the one. She's like the one. He must he must be telling me all these things because like I'm he's in love with me. She basically like makes all these weird connections with him or whatever. Couple weeks into that relationship, Amy catches herpes from him. Oh. So she gets herpes. She was forced to tell her parents about it because the gynecologist was like, I have to get your parents' approval to treat you. So she was basically like, it was just, you know, a boy at school, whatever, whatever. Then she had to tell Joey, and that was like, weirdly, like, drove them closer to each other. I don't know. This whole thing is so skeezy. Ew. Yeah. But she didn't tell her parents because she was afraid that if she- He's just like, hey, let's wear herpy diapers together when we well- bump uglies. <laughs> So, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's a month later in August, huh? Amy uh Amy gets a new job. She's a sales girl at uh Jean Country, which is a clothing store in Jean the Country. Jean Country. <laughs> 90s Jean Country. It's Jean Country. So, oh I my just God. imagine the 90s like, was Jean Country. <laughs> the 90s was Jean Country. Get so, on your Canadian suits. The <laughs> Canadian tuxedos. Mhm. It's a clothing store located in the Massapequa Sunrise Mall. Her friend Jane is the person that she told about her relationship with Joey. So Jane, Jane enters later. Amy doesn't keep that job long. 
she actually can't keep any job for very long. She's going broke. Her parents are just like not giving her any money. Probably because she's a she fucking keeps airhead. Purposefully wrecking her car. <laughs> she was fired. She was uh, let go from a lot of different places. She didn't really have much going for her. She's still like 16, 17. She bought a new car with her job and then didn't have money to make payments after she got fired. So she goes to Joey to like get some money. To get some money. And Joey basically told her. Like, no. Well, he told her no, and he was like, you know what's a really easy way to get money is uh, you could become an escort. So wow. Joey's like, hey, I don't have any money, but um, you could try prostitution. So he Golly. gives her the name of a, a service called ABBA Escorts. She starts working for them. By late September, early October, Amy's making a ton of money as a prostitute. Uh, She... As you do. Yeah, as you, as you do. Which, you know, if that's what you want to do in life, be a sex worker. But she didn't like it very much. Make that rolling dough. Rolling that dough. She was physically repulsed by the work, uh, but she continued to do it until she could pay off her car and continued her relationship with Joey, but it began to get out of control. She basically... It just now began to get out of control? I mean, now it's... (laughs) Now shit's really about to hit the fan. It gets worse. Amy's basically, like, her education's going down the drain. She doesn't really have any friends anymore. She's shut herself off from family members, and she just... All she wants to do is see Joey. She's like, when can I see you? When can I see you? When can I... He's married. He's got two kids, but she's just like, when when can we hook up again? When are we going to, like, run away together? She was just becoming, like, obsessive about him. So it was like at this point, Mary Jo, his wife, posed like a real threat to Amy because now it was like Joey was all she had. Yeah. So in November, so this is one month later, Amy decides that she's going to give Joey an ultimatum. And she's like, you can either choose Mary Jo or you can choose me. Duh. I mean. It's going to be it's going to be your family. I think it went differently in her mind than it turned out to be. So yeah. he basically, he, it was like no hesitation. He was like, my wife, you're 16. What's wrong with you? Right. Uh, and now you're a prostitute. And you're a pre- you're a 16-year-old prostitute. What I, a terrible man. I know. He destroyed this girl's life. Yeah. So Amy was completely shocked. Uh, I'm not going to. She's 16. Go. So, yeah. I mean, you know. Basically, she's unable to uh, come to terms with her life, so it's just like it wasn't wasn't really wasn't really easy. She had separated from Joey after he chose his wife because, like, yeah, duh, just get away from him. She continued to to have strong feelings towards him, and she was completely jealous of Mary Jo. She started to stalk Mary Jo. Oh, she got so curious. That she, at one point, posed as a girl selling candy in order to just, like, catch a glimpse of her. Fucking weird. Yeah. So, it is January 1992. Joey and Amy are back together. At this point, though, Amy is having a relationship with another older man in his 40s. Awesome. Who, I know, right? Was the owner of a gym called Future Physique. Joey Joey didn't really like it was weird because like he didn't really care that she was a prostitute, but he was like really upset that she was like dating the owner of a gym. I don't know. Wait, so Joey was like, I'm jealous now? Yeah, so now he's jealous, what which is like all of a sudden, you know, probably like fucking lit the fire in her fucking teenage girl heart. So in May of nineteen ninety two, so we're fast forwarding. So her and Joey have been like seeing each other still. She's still with Paul, but she's also sleeping with Joey. Amy went to a salon where her friend Jane, if you remember Jane from Jean Country. Yep. She basically like unloads everything to her friend while she's getting her hair cut. So Jane's doing her hair and Jane basically complain what the fuck well no jane is like complaining that her boyfriend is cheating on her with another girl jane was like you know i'm gonna get a gun and blow her head off if she doesn't leave my boy they're in long island yeah so i mean like everybody is very like i'm gonna fucking cut that i'm gonna fucking cut that bitch i'm gonna blow her head off obviously jane was just being like metaphor she was being figurative right she she wasn't actually gonna blow anyone's head off but amy says that this is basically where she got the idea and she's like oh my god what a great idea and like right then and there was like do you know where i could get a gun 
And Jane was like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you could go to this guy. And she steered her towards a man named Peter Guagenti, who was also known as PDG. Hmm. So she gets back from the salon. Is it May 13th? No, that doesn't make any sense. Hold on a second. Okay. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, that night, Amy goes to Joey and tells Joey, I got, I got a gun. I got a driver. I got shit. Like, I'm going to kill your wife. And Joey is like, don't. Well, yeah. Duh. Don't do that, please. (laughs) But like, according to Amy, what Joey said to her, which this one, like, I don't know. This this seems really like she said that Joey said to her, when Mary Jo answers the door, don't even wait for her to open the screen. Just keep shooting. Which... It's kind of what she did. Doesn't seem like very sound advice. I don't know. I don't. It it was. It's very like unlikely that Joey told her to do this shit. Right. To me. I It just like it doesn't make sense to me. May 15th. Joey gets a hold of Amy on her beeper. The most 90s sentence you could possibly say. Call me. Beep me if you want to reach me. Amy said. So Amy said. This is what Amy said. Here's what she said. She said, I lost my place. Hold on. (laughs) Take two. Amy said that he called out to find out if she was able to obtain a gun. Joey said he had called to ask whether she received money from Paul that he allegedly owed her. He wanted her to end the relationship with Paul and Amy basically told him like me and Paul aren't seeing each other. So he's like Joey. Joey wants his cake and he wants to eat it too. He's basically shit's all over the place right now. So two days later Amy stole some license plates off another car. Her and Peter put the stolen license plates on his Thunderbird and drove to the Buttafuoco residence shortly before 11.30 a.m. During the ride to the house, Peter handed her a Titan 25 semi-automatic gun from the glove compartment Amy had initially expected him to carry out the shooting. However, Amy claimed that he refused, and she was forced to follow through with it by herself. So she huh. thought she was, like, arranging a hit, and he was like, no, 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 here's a gun, you go do it. He's like, I'll fucking drive. I'll drive, you fucking same, do it. This ain't my problem. Right. So how it goes is the kids are in school. It's a Tuesday. It's like just a little bit before noon. Yes. It's sunny. It's beautiful. It's the middle of May in Long Island. Yes. Uh, Mary Jo is in the backyard painting. There's a knock on the door. So she goes to the door. She opens it up. There's this teenage girl standing there. Right. So she's just like, you what know, can I do for you? How, how can I help you? For whatever reason, Amy says, my little sister, Anne Marie is having a relationship with your husband, and I thought you should know. So so she, like, creates this, like, fucking weird, and it's like Mary Jo is like, maybe she wanted to, like, create some sort of weird story so that she would hope that Mary Jo would leave on her own. Maybe. So that she didn't have to shoot her. Yeah. But But also she didn't want to get slapped in the face, so she used her little sister. She's like, it was my little sister, it wasn't me. But she's like, I just thought you should know that he's sleeping with my little sister. My 16-year-old sister. So, like, Mary Does she Jo's- have a sister named Anne Marie? No, she's an only child. Oh. <laughs> so, Mary Jo is just like, okay. um, Like, who the fuck are you? And so, uh... Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, she's just like, what do you want me to do about it? You know? And she's just like, I don't know what... Why you're here telling me this. And, and she's like, well, he's been sleeping with my sister, and here's proof. And she had, like a t-shirt from complete body and fender like a from his body shop she like pulled out a t-shirt and she was like he gave this to my little sister and that's this proof that they're having an affair and mary joe's basically like who are you yeah you know like what's your name where where are you from amy told her she was like well my little sister's name is Anne marie and we live on dolphin court yeah and uh Did, is that the real address like what who the fuck knows i what don't the know fuck? Oh, she just like panicked and started like full blown lie mode. Just decided to start lying. Yeah. And she just but like Mary Jo is like not giving her any kind of a reaction. Like the girl pulls out the shirt and she's just like sitting there like she's like my husband gives out dozens of those shirts. I don't know what you want me to say to you right now. Like <laughs> she was just like, all like, right, I don't look. think I believe you. And yeah. So she's like standing on the porch and she's just like looking at this little teenage girl. and She's like, listen. I'll call Joey. It's fine, honey. Go home. 
And so she like basically like dismisses her. She's just like, can you stop bothering me with this shit, please? Like, it's I like I'm things- trying to complete my painting. In I my have backyard. things I need to do. I know my husband's a dirtbag. Just get off my porch. Like, right. She's so she like, just like has this is no- been there, done that. I love my husband. Fuck off. Right. So she just like has no reaction for this girl at all. And which had to have been infuriating for Amy because Amy's like she's like trying to deliver this big news and she's like I just thought you should know it's just like honey I'm too old and too fucking tired to deal with your fucking teenage bullshit can you leave my fucking porch so she turns to go back inside and as soon as she like turns her head she like because you lead with your head everywhere you turn so it's like as soon as she starts to turn to go back inside Amy pulls the gun out and shoots her right in the temple in the temple not the jaw right here it was like right here it was like right on her cheekbone anyways we'll post a picture we'll show you guys pictures but literally shoots her in the head at like point blank range i mean like she got her with one shot but like apparently there were multiple shots and she dropped the gun and the shirt and started to run back to the car but the guy in the car was like get the fucking gun and the shirt you dumb idiot and so she ran back got in the car and then left and then it was like a couple of minutes later neighbors came out to like see what the fuck was going on because they heard like the tires screech and like they heard gunshots and so they went out to see her nobody has seen amy leaving yet nobody knows what's going on mary joe is in a coma for three days fuck yeah basically i mean she'd been shot in the head doctors didn't think that she was going to be able to like they didn't think they were going to be able to stabilize her she's just like losing so much blood like her brain has been torn up by this bullet they can't get the bullet out she still has that bullet in her head to this day fuck yeah the detectives interviewed Joey and they were like, what the fuck happened? Why do you, are you in with somebody in the mafia? Do you owe somebody some money? What's going on? What's this? What's that? Get like, give us some fucking leads. And he's like, I have no fucking idea. Right. But like immediately he's like the only two people I can think of. Cause he's like, I don't know the mafia. It wasn't a burglary. They didn't steal anything. He's like, the only two people I can think of is Paul Makeley and his girlfriend, Amy. Oh, great. The detective is like, why would it be those these people? And Joey said that Amy was also a friend of his. And he suggested that, that she was obsessed with him. No, stop it. What? You're guessing things. I am. <laughs> Paul suggested or Joey suggested that Paul had been involved in drugs and that his girlfriend had given him some money. Joey told the detectives that he told Amy that loaning Paul the money was a mistake. Joey suggested that Paul found out and shot his wife. He basically painted it out to the cops. He was like, well, I had told Amy to like go after that money. So I think Paul like took revenge on me by shooting my wife. That seems a bit far-fetched. Right. So, and that's the one that's like a weird, like, that's when my, like my bullshit detector with like Joey, but a few go kind of like comes off. He's like, well, maybe this happened. And I'm just like, motherfucker. So, weird story off the bat. May 20th, Mary Jo comes back, regains consciousness. They immediately go to her bedside and they're like, right on this piece of paper. Who the fuck shot you? They give her a piece of paper and a pen because she's got a trachea tube in her her throat and she can't Mm. really speak. So, she writes, teenage girl, brown hair, Anne Marie, Dolphin Court may have been having an affair. And then that's all like she could get out before she like. Right. You know, she was in and out of consciousness. There was a maroon car. Uh, The girl said that the man in the car was her boyfriend. The girl showed her one of Joey's shirts. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like, this is weird. They didn't, they weren't even looking for a female shooter. They like were 100% sure that it was going to be a male shooter. Like that Paul dude. Yeah. They thought it was like, they thought for sure it was a man. So he got a photo of Amy and took it to mary joe the detective did and mary joe goes yeah that's the girl that came to my door that's the girl that shot me immediately she was arrested oh well not immediately they staked out at her house and uh basically couldn't get her to come outside and so they got joey to call her and get get her to come out of the house and so as soon as she comes out of the house they fucking arrest her you're going to jail amy is arrested they bring her into the station. She immediately is like, Joey Buttafuoco told me to kill his wife. He gave me a gun and told me to shoot her. 
and said to just keep shooting her, which is weird because like Joey initially, like the reason they went and got a photograph of Amy Fisher to show to Mary Jo was because Joey was like, I think I know who it was. Right. And then like turned her over. If he really did tell her to kill his wife, why would he turn her in? You know what I mean? Right. Because then he'd be immediately implicated. But on the other hand, he could be like leaning on the idea that like she's just a teenage girl. Nobody's going to take her seriously. What if I did tell her that? I mean, there's there's a lot of fucking trash baggery happening. May 22nd, investigators bring Joey into the police station and they're basically like, did you give her the gun? You know, we they they don't have the gun. The gun was like disposed of. It's gone. But they're just like. Did you give her the gun? So it's not like they can No, I didn't give her the fucking gun. It's not like they can like trace back the serial number to see if it's registered to him or anything because they just don't have the gun anymore. He basically because Amy had been like, Joey gave me the gun and they were wanted to find out if she was lying. So it's two days after his wife has regained consciousness. Right. And the police are wasting like absolutely no time. Joey's like, I didn't give her a fucking gun. Basically, like, he knew that there was no evidence connecting him directly right. to the crime. But obviously, there was a ton of evidence connecting him to having an affair with a 17-year-old girl. So yep. the police immediately start collecting evidence. They got receipts for the motels. They have eyewitness accounts of people being like, yes, they come into this diner. Yes, they come into this motel. Yes, they, they're here together. Immediately, it just completely fucking blows up in the media because well they're sitting there like you might not have given her a gun but there was motive i mean (laughs) but but you gave her the dick and we're gonna get you either way we're gonna get you either way amy is like everywhere because first of all she's a cute teenage girl she's got a fucking like 90s perm for the gods she's just like all over the place they call her long island lolita oh that is her name the long island lolita the Long Island Lolita. The Long Island Lolita. So popular talk shows at the time were competing to have them as their guests and anyone who had ever been connected with Amy, Joey, or Mary Jo. The media was basically interviewing Amy's ex-boyfriends, her friends, acquaintances, and then also like clients. From her days as a prostitute. Oh. One client I in just picture some dude looking on TV going, hey, I fucked her. <laughs> I paid for sex one time. <laughs> it was all right. I mean, <laughs> well. It was all right. It was all right. One client in particular, Peter DeRosa, had sold a sex tape he made of himself and Amy to a tabloid news program called oh. A Current Affair. He, this is during the investigation. Wow. That he sells this sex tape, which I have to be honest, what a fucking trash. Like, what a fucking piece of garbage person to not only like interfere with a legal proceeding. Like, there's so much going on in this in this case. And he just is like, (laughs) you know what? I'm just gonna throw this in here. And then secondly, did he get her permission to, to film? Probably not. Did he get her permission to release the tape? Probably not. What a fucking scumbag. So, fuck you, Peter DeRosa. Yeah, You're fuck still you, around. Peter. So, basically, it was complete. It was super, super damaging to Amy's public image because it basically, like, depicted her as this wild, crazy sex maniac and really and of fucked course, her case. She, well, and also, I mean, she's kind of mentally struggling as it is. And she's I'm sure a this, like, hard time. And then this is damaging, like, her parents, too. She's 16, 17 years old. She's got a fucking horrible relationship with her father. She's just, it, things are bad. So she's in jail. She's waiting for a bail hearing, which is basically where the judge says, like, yes, you can get on, on bail. No, you can't. How much the bail is set for. So the night before the bail hearing, this tape was aired on national television. Wow. Yeah. Which they probably had to postpone. Yeah. Because of said tape. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Well, it was on May 29th when she was indicted. She pled not guilty. Her bail hearing was scheduled for basically a few days later. So she was indicted for attempted murder, criminal use of a firearm, armed felony, assault, and a couple of other things. And she uh, pled not guilty. Her bail hearing was scheduled later. The tape came out the night after her bail hearing. And then this guy, DeRosas, 
how old is he? Because she's 16. Right. If he's anywhere over the age of 18, he's basically admitted to the entire nation that he's guilty of having sex with a child. Right. And Fuck you. And what the fuck? Aren't we talking? I mean, like, isn't there like a, a distribution of child pornography charge involved here? I don't even know How if did that this came fly? into play. In I just 80s. don't even like the 90s were so fucked up. Okay. Oh, 80s, 90s. I don't know. It was the, was it the, it was the nineties. It was the nineties. Okay. Amy's lawyer knew that it was basically like, it, it's a fucking case ender. And, uh, her image and credibility were basically just completely fucked beyond repair. He's really, he's trying to get the tape thrown out as evidence. But basically June 2nd, Judge Marvin Goodman presides over the bail hearing. Uh, Assistant District Attorney Fred Klein argued that Amy is uncontrollable, manipulative, violent, and extremely dangerous. And, further emphasizes that Amy's reckless behavior by bringing up the fact that she was a prostitute and that she actually stole clients from the escorting service to make money on the side. Klein suggested Amy's risk to society and she should be denied bail. However, he stated that if bail had to be set, he suggested that it be for $2 million. It's a fucking ridiculous bail. That's not a bail. You might as well not have bail. Right. But we also have to remember that she did shoot Mary Jo in the fucking face. That's true. She did. She shot she shot another person in the face. Um like obviously murder. obviously planned it. Obviously planned to kill her. I think my problem is that like I mean I know his like main main reason for like the bail was her sex work. Yeah, pretty much. And that's why I'm like it, it, but, it's like based it off the fact that she tried to premeditately like kill somebody. Yeah, I mean, like if anything, if if Mary Jo had even looked down by like two degrees, Amy Fisher would be a murderer. Yeah, not an attempted murderer. She'd be a murderer. She would still be in jail right now, ideally. But the fact is, they're like not focusing on the fact that she's a fucking murderer. They're just like this girl's a sixteen-year-old prostitute. Set the bail at two million. And I'm just like, you're fucking missing the point. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? So Joey, in the meantime, is completely in the clear. He hasn't been sent to jail for having sex with a child. He has not. And nothing is happening I mean, to they him. should be looking at him where he's had repeated offenses of like assault and drugs and all sorts of things. But he hasn't. I thought he did. I thought he had. No. In the past. He had a bunch of offenses afterwards. Oh. But this was his first run in with the law, as far as I know. I mean, like, I think he had, I I would have to go back, but like, he's never, he's never been convicted of something like this before. Yeah. So, so fucking confident of his innocence. In June 1992, he calls the Howard Stern Show, which, oh, great. There's another piece of shit. And, and basically says that he never cheated on his wife. He never had an affair with Amy. He's totally innocent. Nothing ever happened. So there's this skepticism about Joey saying all these things, but then also like his whole family, including Mary Jo, stood behind him and basically refused to believe that he had any involvement with Amy. After a little more than two months in jail, Amy was released on bail. KLM Productions and their agent Ron Yatter and the owner of the International Fidelity Insurance Company reached an agreement with the president of Nationwide Bail Bond to secure Amy's bail bond after they successfully raised the $2 million needed for her temporary release. Oh. KLM Productions helped raise the money in exchange for the rights to Amy's story. It was an unconventional move, but a victory nevertheless for Amy and Nyberg. Nyberg is her lawyer. For Amy and Nyberg, her lawyer. About a week later... Uh, Mary Jo files a lawsuit against Amy, her parents, and Peter Guagenti, who basically admitted a month earlier to giving Amy the gun. Oh, the weapon was later found in a sewer near Amy's house and proved to be important evidence. They were not able to trace it back to Joey. Uh, Joey and Mary Jo hoped that the testimony and physical evidence would be enough to keep Amy behind bars for a long time. Uh, If Amy was found guilty of the charges, she could receive up to 50 years in jail. Wow. Yeah. Well... I mean, like, you well, that's to, that's what you get for try trying to kill, to kill somebody. somebody. You should go to jail for a long yeah. time, at least 50 years. Nyberg wanted to make sure Amy would not spend the majority of her life behind bars. So he made an agreement with Klein, the district attorney, in which Amy would receive five to 15 years in jail and immunity in exchange for testimony against Joey. Amy accepted that plea bargain in late September 1992. Amy's lawyer was like, OK, well, sh- we know she's going to go to jail. OK, yeah. She's been indicted. We understand what's coming, but Joey Buttafuoco can't get away scot-free. So how about we have Amy testify against him 
and we shave some years off of that. So Amy's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll take it. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So two days after the announcement of the plea bargain, another tape was released of of Amy (sighs) on the television news program Hard Copy. Amy's ex-boyfriend, Paul Makeley, secretly made a video the day before she accepted the plea bargain. In the tape, Paul and Amy were having a conversation about what Amy would like before she went to prison. Amy jokingly stated that she wanted a Ferrari for all the pain and suffering she endured. She also stated that she hoped Paul would marry her so she could have conjugal visits. It's all a joke. Yeah. Like, obviously, even though it's basically, like, all, like, in joking tones, it didn't really, like, impress the public that much um, and was just, like, further damaging to her credibility. So, I mean, like, imagine, like, watching on the news this 16-year-old shoots her, her boyfriend's wife in the face and then like her sex tape comes out where she's a prostitute and then another one comes out where she's like i hope you marry me so we can have conjugal visits like she she looks like a little fucking horn dog lying you know it just so then of course like her testimony against (sighs) joey it's just not a good look probably didn't go over very well yeah not only that but like the man she had been dating basically gave this tape to uh like sold the tape to this news program like saw that she was this big hit in the tabloids and like invited her over as his girlfriend made the tape and then sold it wow so amy was fucking devastated and tried to kill herself with tranquilizers they found her in the nick of time rushed her to the hospital and pumped her stomach and she was uh admitted to the psychiatric unit of huntington hospital where she made a gradual recovery over a month in october of 1992 a representative of nassau county da's office said they would not prosecute joey in connection with the crime the buttafucos were over the moon and joey made an announcement at his own press conference that he was finally exonerated which he wasn't Amy was sentenced to 15 years in Albion Correctional Facility in a facility. Albion, Albion Correctional Facility uh, in December of that year. Guaganti, the which was the guy that drove the car, received six months in jail. February 1993, the DA's office announced that it would reopen the case against Joey Botafugo in relation to statutory rape charges. He had not been absolved from any wrongdoing which is basically what he initially believed when Amy went to jail. He was right. like, well, now that she's in jail, I'm like, scot-free. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm washed my hands of this. And the DA was like, no, 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 you're still a fucking creep. So you're going to have to sit down, please. Have a seat, as Chris Hansen would say. He had not been absolved from any wrongdoings. There wasn't enough evidence to prosecute him at that time, but the case was still open. Uh, In the spring of 1993, Amy was escorted from jail and brought before a grand jury to testify against Joey. And she told how Joey had taken her to a bunch of motels and they engaged in various sexual acts since she was 16. The jury was shown evidence receipts which Joey signed his own fucking name onto, like his full ass fucking Joey Botafugo name mary joe also gave testimony but she was brainwashed at the time and gave testimony on behalf of her husband great yeah (laughs) so she basically accused amy of lying and basically repeatedly claimed that her husband did not cheat on her joey was indicted on felony charges of rape and sodomy anyway uh he was also charged with endangering the welfare of a minor he pled not guilty and was led from the grand jury in handcuffs the entire time saying that he was innocent Over the next few months, the DA's office was able to accumulate a great deal of evidence against Joey. Basically, so much so that the chances of Joey being absolved of all crimes were very low. Uh, Joey, yeah, Joey realized basically that like it was either plead guilty to one or plead guilty to none of them and then get charged for all of them. So he pled guilty to one count of statutory rape in October of 1993 and served six months. Wow, just six months? Six months, not even the whole fucking year. Okay. Mm-hmm. When he got out, he moved to Los Angeles and pursued an acting career. If you look, so if you look at a picture of Joey Botafugo, I, I don't know where he, well, I don't even know where he's fucking from, but like, he looks so familiar and I can't tell if like. He like looks like a famous person. He looks like a famous person, but like, I know like 
I was four years old in 1993. Like, I know that that's not where I know him from, you know? I think he just looks like what's-his-face from Animal House. Yeah, that's true, too. He does look exactly like Jim Belushi. Yep. Yeah, he fucking does. <laughs> he looks okay, like Jim well, Belushi. That, there we be, go. That might be who it is. That solves that. Okay. So he... he uh basically moves to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. He's arrested again because he's on parole. He's arrested for violating his parole by soliciting sex from an undercover policewoman posing as a prostitute. Undercover sting. Policewoman's dressed as a prostitute. Uh, it's 1995. Mary Jo stays with him until 2003. What? She stays married to him until 2003. I would have left a long time ago. I just don't fucking understand. Okay. I mean... I don't want to blame the victim. She had to have been like super brainwashed. It's like so clear that this guy is like a huge narcissist. Like he's like Donald Trump level narcissist. Yeah. So basically they get a divorce in 2003. It's all very amicable. Joey says he's like, it's okay. Like we're seeing other people anyway. Later that same year, he was involved in an auto insurance scam. Um, and... He told undercover investigators how to file phony insurance claims for undamaged cars. Wow. Yeah. So he's expected to go on trial. Well, he went on trial in 2004. He was found guilty and went to, I think he went to prison for like five years. He went to prison for five years for insurance fraud. But didn't. But he went to prison for six months. For, for having, having sex with an underage. For having a fucking involved affair with a 16-year-old girl. What the fuck? Uh, okay. In 2003. Wow. I know. Wow. In 2003, Amy marries the father of her son, which is a man that is 25 years older than her. He's named, his name is Lou. They live in New York where he has a business. They eventually move to Florida. She believes she's paid her dues, more or less. Uh, and continues to make a great effort at being a kinder person. Currently, she has started her own business selling arts and crafts online. She's also working on a book concerning kids and violence, which is all great. But this is, she kind of like, she kind of goes down the wrong path a little bit, I think. Because it's like, it's okay to like go into the adult film industry, which is what she ends up doing. Yeah. But it's not okay to taunt the woman you shot in the head continuously yeah no so there's like all this other shit going on basically in in the early 2000s at one point joey and amy like get back together for a split second for like a media stunt yeah because um, i just saw a picture on that and i was like what yeah they like get back together for a second when it doesn't work out amy tells the press like i only did it to piss mary joe off wow right so fucking classy she when celebrity boxing was a thing, Joey Botafuco and Amy Fisher's husband were going to, like, do a boxing match. But, like, they had a press conference and then they both started fighting right there. Just yeah, like I saw fighting. I saw a picture of that, too. And so, like... It's it's Joey with a bloody mouth going, Argh! like, yeah, also, you. Yeah, also fucking classy. That's great. She was on Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Phil basically saying that, like this case and the things that had happened to her and like going back into early life like this is why she has like problems with drugs and alcohol which that might be the case but yeah. she didn't really make it easier for herself no, um, she didn't so again this is one of those stories where like the victim of the story basically like comes out the best in the end so mary joe she goes through all of this like like years of like anger just like intense anger like she hated this girl which like obviously so Duh. like she just spends time just like fucking hating her and being angry for so long and like wondering how it all happened and like it it fucking eats away at her soul basically yeah. and she has to go she has to go into rehab for pills and booze yeah because she's on so i mean obviously she's on so many pills because she was shot in the fucking head half of her face is paralyzed um she ends up getting a surgery that like reconnects the nerves to her face so she just basically like you can't even tell anymore yeah she i saw an interview fantastic. with her and she she looked incredible she went to the betty ford clinic she said that you know she said great things about the betty ford clinic she was like i would absolutely do it all over again you know 
And it was kind of, it was there that she kind of like realized she was just like, I can't let you kill me twice. Right. You know, she was like, you can't just live in my head forever. So she learned that she basically had to like let go of Amy Fisher and forgive her for herself, for her own peace of mind. Right. So she, after that, she writes a book called Getting It Through My Thick Skull, which like, a fucking succinct title so mm-hmm. she she writes this book she goes on like all these tours she's just like she's living her fucking best life she's with a partner that fucking loves her i'm sure there are still like you know nothing nobody's perfect no situation or relationship is perfect but she really just fucking like d- brought it together dude like she took what was given to her by these this horrible marriage that was over a decade and a half long over two decades and a half of just Eh. being married to Eh. a fucking torturous narcissist being shot in the head by a woman that turns out to be just (laughs) a drama bomb fucking a a drama bomb and a half and then like she takes it and she like creates something worth living about you know yeah she was like i fucking made it i got shot in the head there's a bullet, like, in my head. I made it. And I'm fucking here. So, there you go. That is the story of Joey, Mary Jo, Buttafuoco, and Amy Fisher. So, is it Buttafuoco or Buttafuoco? I don't know. I think a lot of people say Buttafuoco, but... Over here in the West Coast, we're gonna call it Buttafuoco. I just say Buttafuoco. And it's only 10.30. Damn! Okay, what did we learn today? Uh... I learned that no man is worth driving yourself fucking crazy and trying to kill somebody over. No shit. Um, And also, no man is worth getting shot in the face over. True. And that Joey Buttafuoco and all those other men are fucking garbage. God, yeah, they are. And we're not saying like men are garbage, but like those, those ones guys, in particular. those ones, Jesus. So it's weird because I have a mixed emotions about Amy Fisher where it's like I feel sorry for her because I don't know what the fuck was happening to her when she was a teenager. But throwing Joey Buttafuoco Butifu- in yeah, there, throwing him in the mix was was the worst thing to ever happen to her. Yeah, because I mean, it was obvious that she was like craving for attention and stuff like that. But I mean, what 16 year old girl doesn't? But she did like she did an interview with Oprah like after the fact and was very like she was like, you know, he took advantage of me and he knew I had issues with my father. And it was like she she says that he knew basically what a vulnerable place she was in. And Oprah had a really good point where she was just like, like men who take advantage of children and underage women and just vulnerable women in general. It's calculated. Like, they fucking know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And I agree with her. I think this was a planned and calculated move where, you know, Amy brings her car in because she fucking knocked off the the mirror and, and then Joey he, realizes she's terrified of her father. They don't have a very good relationship. And he's just like, don't worry, babe, I got you. And he sees it as, like, this opportunity to, like, insert himself into her life and other places. Yeah. So, so that's what I learned. Yeah. Fuck. What did you learn? I learned that this story is just generally depressing. Double fortune cookies. <laughs> we had a fortune cookie earlier because uh, we recorded. This shit's chopped up. We, record, we recorded the. What did we do? The oh, the beginning of episode twelve. Wait, this is episode twelve. Ah! <laughs> oh my god! There's we been did, so many fucking. We like, did the beginning of this episode and the outro oh, of and the, the end, last episode, the end of episode eleven. So we basically like <laughs> added additional parts to make two full episodes, basically out of two stories because the shit's out of control. <laughs> Yeah, we're out of control. The only one that's trying to keep us together is Jordan by constantly messaging us being like, what are you two doing? (laughs) Thank you, Jordan, for being our manager. (laughs) Pretty much. De facto. All right. Cook it time. Cook it time. You crack yours open first. I didn't. Okay. Last time. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Oh, man, it's really. 
Ah. Don't rip your fortune or I'm it won't come not true. To. Uh Okay, here we go. I feel like I should practice sounding more girly. Cause I just sound like a prepubescent boy most of the time in the recordings. I mean I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> Alright. You are headed for a promotion. Yay! Cause you're a zone captain. Alright. Oh. It didn't rip. Yay. Ooh, your leadership qualities will soon shine. Or will shine soon. Oh, well, I mean, the other way was more mystical. Yeah, will soon shine. Soon shine. Will shine soon. Maybe we're both headed for a promotion. Maybe instead of zone captain, we're just going to be Captain Planet. Couple of Captain Planets over here. Yep. Golly. I mean, like, I just feel like we've done a lot today. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. What? Some inspirational quotes. Let's do it. Oh, boy. Change your life today. Don't gamble on the future. Act now without delay. What? Hello. Set your goals high and don't stop till you get there. Hello. I I don't like this. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Jesus Christ! (laughs) I don't like this at all. (laughs) Hello? Okay, I'm just going to put some Mr. Rogers in here. Think not about your frustration. I'm just so proud of all of you who have grown up with us. And I know how tough it is some days to look with hope and confidence on the months and years ahead. But I would like to tell you what I often told you when you were much younger. I like you just the way you are. All right. Well, you are all high quality people. And And this this is High Quality Nonsense. Nonsense. (laughs) Thanks for coming. We love you.